This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Pro Football Show for this Wednesday, March 25th. I am Chris Landry. As another day, another active day in the free agent market around the league. Uh, Cam Newton is officially released. Uh, We've got some late news around the league surrounding the draft. Some of the conversations, actually, that I've been a part of is uh, part of the committee Uh, We're going to get into kind of certain things that are being discussed as options and possibilities. We're going to get into that, as well as the latest signings. But uh, got some great news for you over at LandryFootball.com. We begin uh, to unveil our draft boards. Got the quarterbacks and running backs up, and we're going to be working through all the positions, and we're going to have that for you. And... So the draft boards are beginning to come out. Got the, again, the um, quarterbacks, running backs. We'll get them all out. We'll eventually get the horizontal board out. It'll be all this week. And then, obviously, all the scouting reports we're going to have for you. But uh, that'll give you an idea of what a real draft board looks like. Um, How many players grade in a certain tier? Superstar ability. Um, immediate starters, potential starters, chance to make and contribute, and what those numbers mean and what the color grades mean and correspond and where the separation is. And so much confusion with these goofy mock drafts and everybody's got a list of their top 10 or top 50 or top 100, which are completely meaningless. The grades are important. Where does a player stack up? Just because a player is the number one pick, in the draft doesn't mean that he corresponds to the number one pick in every draft. Um, You know, just because somebody's drafted in the first round doesn't mean they're a first-round graded player. Same with second round, third round. Uh, Again, understand where the players' grades, what it means, where they stack up. That allows you to see great value in separation. So, you're going to love the draft boards. If you're not familiar with LandryFootball.com, it's it's an exciting time of year to be on board with us. You'll get information that you can't get anywhere else. So check it out. Our scouting season sale is um, 
less than $5 a month will get you access to all of this for a full season. Um, you're going to absolutely love it. So we've got all of our uh, free agent information as well. Also, it is time to remind you about our great folks at 401k Generation that brings you this podcast. They are so good to us, and we wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for them and their support. Um, so we hope that you can make the phone ring with a text. Uh, maybe you don't have a need for them. Maybe you do. Uh, just give them a call. Give them a text. Tell them that you heard about them from us. We wanted to see what they're all about. See if it's something that might be able to benefit you down the road. Uh, 401k Generation, Eddie Rojas and his team, Licensed in all 50 states, 1-866-998-5879. A reminder that you can sign up for this podcast on Landry Football's conference call. Um, that'll get you this podcast as well as the college podcast. You want to check the college podcast each and every day. Why? We do a lot of our draft analysis on draft prospects on the college side because there's so much information uh, going on here in the free agent and the NFL news and notes. Uh, we've utilized the college podcast to break down players' film room nuggets uh, on these players that are heading into the draft. So you make sure that you want to combine this podcast with the college podcast each and every day. All right, let's get into the latest news, the biggest news of the day, certainly Cam Newton getting released was not a surprise. It was expected. Um, the interesting thing is where he's going to end up. Don't know yet. Don't know the fit. Of course, the number one overall player in the 2011 draft is certainly one of the better players in Carolina's franchise history. We'll see where he wants to go. Um, doesn't look like uh, the Patriots have a lot of interest. The Chargers... Um, I think are actively looking at a quarterback in this draft. So I don't know how much interest they're going to have. We'll see. Um, and I don't see him as an idea fit as a backup. Um, it's going to be real interesting. Of course, Jameis Winston will not be with the Buccaneers. Where will he end up? Uh, maybe a Pittsburgh or Seattle as a backup. I don't know. It's uh, going to be interesting to see. Uh, a lot of p possibilities, potential. But I see Jameis as more of a backup type guy that needs to refine and improve, whereas Cam Newton is more of a he wants to be a difference maker and can be a difference maker type guy if he's healthy, and there's some questions about that as well. So a lot to get to um, in the rest of the way. We don't know about Cam's health and whether he can pass a physical, and certainly getting a physical in Atlanta is great, but it is not like getting one – with your team doctor, and is that going to be good enough? We'll see. We're going to follow that as it goes. Some other news around the league today. First of all, I want to get to some news of the evening. <clears throat> I was involved in a conference call today, and I don't mind sharing part of it. It was detailed. Some of it would be boring to you to begin with. But uh, with regard to the draft, um, there are a lot of general managers that want to get the draft postponed, uh, pushed back. Um, Roger Gunnell actually wants to keep it a month from now, April 23rd. Um, 
general manager concerned about fewer medical checks, workouts, interviews, that it will negatively impact the draft. I, in my conversation, I suggest that we keep it, and here's why. There is no indication that the problems with the um, coronavirus is going to get any better. In fact, it looks like it's going to get worse. Uh, in April and May, we may be even worse. So, look, I don't think we're going to be able to, unfortunately, get in the normal amount of workouts or medical examinations prior to the draft. It will affect a lot of folks, everybody. Everybody's in the same boat. Um, if there was any indication that it was going to get better, well, then certainly postponing it a month, end of May, even into June. You could have it in June. You could have it July 4th weekend if you wanted to do that. We could do that. It and, and maybe, you know, that is something that the commissioner can be convinced of. But it sounds like this is only going to get worse. And the chances of being able to get these guys in a position to get medically evaluated um, getting the end of the interviews it just it just it it doesn't look like it's going to get better and in fact what people are hearing from the medical personnel in this country is that April's going to be worse than March and May's going to be worse than April I, you know if it gets better then maybe you miss that so i listen i, I don't get the sense that they're going to push it back uh, and they're going to go forward with it. Uh, we'll see if um, the powers be that will change it. It's not a great option. Not, I think the whole having fans and all that, I think that's done anyway, regardless when we move it back to. But I don't know that we're going to be able to – all that would do would be delay the inevitable, which is we're not going to be able to get the medicals on a lot of these guys and some of the workouts and some of these guys, and we're just going to have to live with it because it's only going to get worse. And if you go into, we could go into the draft being later. We're not going to have OTAs. The biggest concern I have is, you know, is from a football standpoint, the NFL standpoint is just being on time in the in the uh, training camp. Look, we have a supplemental draft in July. It's it's not much of a draft. It's a call in. Uh, it's a possibility that has some merit, but only if we get a sense that there's a chance that this could clear up in the next month or two, and it looks like it's only going to get worse. So, look, I, I think it really comes down to that. That's what the league is basing its decision on and why they're saying it's no reason to do it. Now, they also in the meeting, Roger Goodell um, said that the facilities, club facilities will be closed from March 26th to April 8th. Um, it, it's 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 another thing that they're trying to do. It's a safety precaution, but also to keep an even playing field going into the draft. Some teams were already staying at home during the coronavirus pandemic, which created some competitive advantage for teams still meeting daily. So, look, I think we're going to see some 
interesting maneuvers about having teleconferences, video conferences. It, look, we're in a we're in a unique situation now. I, I've actually been involved in video conference type meetings the past several years <clears throat> due to my consulting work. So it is something that now it looks like a lot of people are going to be involved in doing now uh, in today's current environment. So that's kind of the latest around big picture with the draft. The Chiefs um, on Tuesday night signed Anthony Sherman, their fullback, to a one-year contract extension. Good run blocker. Sherman's one of the better fullbacks in the league, and he adds good special teams value. Mike Pennell. The defensive tackle signed a one-year contract. Um, appeared in eight regular season games. Good run stuffer, 29 years old. Uh, Tyler Eifert um, signed uh, with the Jaguars, formerly the Bengals, signed with the Jags on a two-year deal. Um, he's been a really solid receiver, especially in the red zone. Got big frame. Uh, the Bengals scaled back his workload uh, a good bit. Uh, he's going to be reunited with Jay Gruden in Jacksonville where he'll – operate one of the top goal line targets for Gardner Minshew. So um, DeMarcus Gates signed with the Vikings uh, off the XFL Roughnecks. One-year deal. Uh, played productive player coming out of Ole Miss. Uh, did a good job in the Alliance League before getting into the XFL. He'll crack the Vikings roster as a special teams guy. The Jets lost Robbie Anderson, but they signed – Brett Perriman, Brashad Perriman, excuse me, um, fall back into um, past years, but Brashad Perriman uh, in a one-year deal. So it's one year, $6 million. The Jets attempted to, to get a deal done with Robbie Anderson, but um, they got a poor man's version with him. Uh, Anderson went to Carolina to another former Temple player signing with Matt Rule. Uh, Perriman will Filled the deep threat with Jamison Crowder handling the slot. Uh, Their current depth chart's not real good there. They need weapons for Sam Donald, need to continue to improve the offensive line as well as the secondary. But uh, decent offseason here for the Jets. The Redskins signed Richard Rodgers, formerly of the Eagles and the Packers, um, serve as a rotational tight end for the Redskins as they look to replace Jordan Reed. the Packers look like they're close to getting a deal done with the Colts' Devin Funches. It's coming off a completely lost 19 season thanks to a collarbone injury. The Colts uh, never brought him off of IR, so likely be a short-term prove-it guy uh, and assuming he can pass the physical. Uh, Green Bay's been pretty quiet on the free agency front, but uh, they need some more weapons. The Broncos signed Sammy Martin, formerly of the Lions, to um, a three-year $7.1 million contract. Um, Sam Martin's really good punter, so we'll see how this plays out. Um, but uh, certainly the Broncos trying to improve that defense and improve the special teams. They've been very active thus far. The Bengals signed Josh Bynes, formerly of the Ravens, to a one-year contract. Nine-year veteran, going to compete for the job in the middle of the Bengals' defense. Um you know, uh, they, they need to add some veteran depth. The, the Ravens re-signed Chris Moore, 26-year-old uh, receiver. Um, wasn't real productive, but really good special teams player. The Bengals also signed Mike Thomas, formerly of the Rams, a 
good special teams and reserve receiver. Uh, Nick Vigil signed of the Chargers, formerly of the Bengals, stole one-year deal. The Patriots re-signed Shalik Calhoun. X-Raider appeared in 15 games last year, played in 266 snaps on defense. Uh, good special teams player. And um, so that's the latest there. Also, uh, the Lions re-signed uh, O'Day Obushi to a one-year deal, a journeyman interior offensive lineman. The Cardinals re-signed Max Garcia to a one-year deal. They re-signed Charles Washington to a one-year contract. Um, we mentioned that uh, Roddy, Robbie Anderson is uh, signed with the Panthers. It was a two-year, $20 million contract. Includes $12 million in 2020. Again, reuniting with Matt Rule. Phil Stretcher can do work underneath. Going to make them better. They've obviously got Curtis Samuel and D.J. Moore. Um, so... It's good signing for them, um, and obviously with their moves at quarterback, they need as much help as they can. The Redskins signed Peyton Barber, formerly of the Bucks, uh, to a two-year, $3 million contract. The running back um, gets a deal that includes $600,000 guaranteed. Uh, downhill runner, um, going to be a, a reserve behind Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. But reliable guy, 26-year-old, um, not a guarantee to make the roster, but a uh, very valuable type guy in a reserve role. Um, Travis Benjamin, been signed by the 49ers, um, formerly of the Chargers, one-year deal, pure deep threat, turned 30 in December. Um, Seahawks signed Philip Darsett, formerly of the Patriots, to a one-year contract, 27 years old. Um, was a little help. Very little help for the Patriots this last year. Pure depth signing for them. Um, deep threats, always something they like in that offense to be able to stretch the defense as much as possible. The Giants signed uh, Dravon Askew Henry to a two-year deal. Nice um, early look in the XFL for him and the New York Guardians. 25 years old, good-looking player. Um, possible. Shot at making the roster. Rashawn Melvin is signed by the Jags, uh, formerly of the Lions, to a one-year, a $2.25 million deal. They also signed, uh, the Jets also signed Bennett Jackson. Safety, uh, primarily used on special teams. This is what we're getting this this time. It's a second wave. Um, the Bills re-signed Isaiah McKenzie, 24 years old, made eight starts for the Bills last year. Um Good hands, the career high in catches, 27, receiving yards, 254. Working behind, uh, will work behind John Brown, Duke Williams, and Zay Jones. The latter, who since traded uh, to Las Vegas. So he's the depth guy with Robert Foster uh, among the fourth um, spot receiver for the Bills. So Washington still trying to shop Trent Williams. He's requesting $20 million uh, annually. For anybody that uh, wants to trade for him, and they are holding firm to their second-round demands. So we'll see how that plays out. At this point, um, don't see a future with them in Washington, yet there's not a lot of options out there at this stage. The Jags signed Al Woods, formerly of the Seahawks, played in 42% of the snaps for the Seahawks last year. Um the Jags also signed Cassius Marsh, formerly of the Cardinals, to a one-year deal. 
And the Falcons signed Leroy Reynolds, a linebacker, to a one-year contract. So those are some of the latest around the league. Um, early luck, and we're going to certainly give you a chance to check it out on LandryFootball.com. But as we break down a position-by-position a draft board, <clears throat> you're going to get to see kind of each position how things play out and how things look. For example, on the quarterback board, you get a chance to see um, how many guys we've got graded as as first-rounders. And, you know, it's really only a couple of them. And how many of them are in the potential starter category? How many of them in the chance to make and contribute? I only got 10 guys that that grade from a 5-5 has a chance to make and contribute the bottom end of that category to the top. Only 10. So it's – not a deep group, um, but got some guys, obviously. And remember, where they're graded, it's not necessarily where they're going to get drafted. You got an early second-round value as a 6-4 grade, you're going to be drafted in the first round, high in the first round. And that's Justin Herbert. He will be. So we'll get a you get a good feel for that. How about the running backs? The running backs are up there. You get a little look, see it kind of where they are, um, which guys – are the most intriguing, uh, and you get an idea what are the grading criteria for running backs, fullbacks, quarterbacks. We've got it all for you. Uh, how many uh, first-round graded running backs? You might be surprised on that. Um, who's got potential starter category? Early, second round, how many of those guys? Uh, what are their skill sets? We've got that for you. Third round, fourth round, how many of those guys? Uh, how many of them are in that chance to make and contribute in that third or fourth round? And then the backup potential and uh, who, how those guys stack up. Interesting group and kind of see where the running backs and the fullbacks stack up. So you check that out. Got 21 players with first-round grades overall. And you're going to be able to see that all in the horizontal draft board when we get that out for you. Um, and you can see who are the best players. Uh, how many of those quarterbacks are in the very top tier of players? Um, how many are in the very top tier and how many are in the second tier first round and then kind of the mid to late first round value, how many of those guys are in. So you get to see where the value is uh, mid to late first round um, overall. So I've got 21 first round grades and how many second round grades? How many, for example, early second round? We've got 31 early second round grades. You'll get to see, again, let me repeat that, not second-round grades, early second-round grades. So in the potential starter category, 6'4 to 6'0, with your second-round grades, there are 54 players with second-round grades. Okay, that's a lot of players that some of them are going to have to go in the first round just by pure numbers because only 21 first-round grades. So you're going to have 11 players that are going to go into the first round, and you're going to have quite a few go into the third round. So this is where you got really good value with some some really good players. Uh, how many third round players? How many fourth round? Got it all for you, um, and we're going to have it uh, all in detail over at LandryFootball.com. Want to uh, get to a couple of questions? Um, Kevin asked a question about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow only six nine to six five. Surprise! He in the seven four to seven. Can't wait to hear or read the explanation, Kevin. Not many players make 7-4 to 7-0. Read the analysis of 
each position. And we explain. Because a guy's going to be the first pick in the draft doesn't mean that he needs to get that definite first pick overall numerical grade because not every player that's picked first is graded the same as the top player picked in last year's draft. It's not the same. Okay, so where you're graded and where you drafted are not one and the same. Therein lies the reason for a properly built draft board to where you grade the player on his critical factors, his skill set, and you see where the value is. You still, comes time to pick, you've got to pick, and you've got to have a plan. But you got to know where the strengths and the weaknesses are, where the break points are. Where Everybody says, hey, boy, you can get great receiver class, loaded. Yeah, it is. I want you to see what the receiver board comes out. How many of them are you going to be able to get in the third or fourth round? I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're going to get them in the third or fourth round? Uh, probably not the guys that you're thinking of where there's going to be a run on each position. So uh, a 6'9 grade, Joe Burrow's the second graded player in this draft. There's only one player graded ahead of Joe Burrow. Uh, very few. Very few players in 30 years have gotten a 7-4 or a 7-0 grade. So, again, understand that that's, that's grading to a standard, not in, oh, okay, well, he's going to be hurt. The Bengals are going to take him one. Let's just put that grade that would – no, no, no. You just don't throw a 7-0 grade. Um, L.A. got a 7-0. Um, Andrew Luck got a 7-0. A lot of Hall of Famers didn't get a 7-0 because to this point, and the, the difference is, and you'll see the scouting report on it, hear about it, that, you know, um, I think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this draft, and by the Bengals, I take him number one. Doesn't mean he should get in a 7-4 to 7-0. That's called grading to a standard, not just – Throwing him up there because he's going to be the number one guy. Just as simple as that. So understand the grading system and, again, understanding that we're grading to a standard. If you don't, then you can't really compare it and have a good view from this draft and other drafts and comparative um, players. So uh, that's, uh, again, second highest graded player in the draft. That's a little tip on what's coming in the horizontal board when that comes out after the position boards are unveiled. Kevin also asks, um, as our country continues to struggle in the battle against the coronavirus, I've developed a heightened sense of awareness with respect to the difficult challenges of effective leadership. Possibly in this situation, there are decision-making elements that might be vaguely similar to what an NFL organization might face. To me, it's become apparent that one of the key issues is the balancing act of how to properly delegate authority based upon expertise, competency, and credibility. With your experience working in the highest level of footballs, can you share some of your experience and thoughts in the following? What works doesn't work in terms of delegated authority and decision-making at the highest level of an organization. 
How do you establish an environment of expertise, collaboration, and collective um, competence without having too many chefs in the kitchen? It's a great question. Um, I always say this. NFL football is a business, but it's the business of football. So what I want in making football decisions are football people. So I want people with long experience coaching and scouting backgrounds to work as a coach or a scout. I want to have PhD-level discussions on football strategy, football players, determining our critical factors, determining on grading players in the league, as well as draft prospects. And I want them making the decisions collaboratively, but independently. What I mean by that is, You got a lot of people that are telephone scouts or they tend to scout with their ears. I want people that are comfortable in being able to pound the table and say, you know, for a guy or, or, or against a guy and go against the grain. Um, but you can only do that if you've got someone that's got skins on the wall and experience. I want football people making football decisions. Now, what I tried to do is this game has evolved and you've got a lot of decisions revolving a salary cap, financial, business, those things are important. Well, I like people that have an economic background that can work the salary cap, that can understand how you can maximize, you know, getting most bang for your buck. But they will not decide, will not be involved in the evaluation of a player they certainly are going to be involved in explaining the financial ramifications of what we do with a player. Keep or release or trade. The cash outlay, the dead money, everything. So what I tried to do is make sure that you know our coaches coach, our scouts scout, and the coaching and the scouting or kind of join at the hip in terms of philosophy. Not that they need to agree on a player, but I can't have a scout that, you know, grades a corner, a small corner high when I've got a coach that wants big corners and philosophically we decide we're going to be a big corner team. Well, I don't want a scout grading a player that's not going to fit us because he thinks somebody else may take him high. It's grading for us. And so making sure that they have a complete understanding of what we're looking for at each position in a player, but those have to be people that understand that, and you have to know how to evaluate that. I I can teach guys how to scout, but to a point, if I've got to take someone who's never coached, never scouted at this level – 
it's tougher to take somebody from a remedial level and bring them up. It just takes too much time as opposed to somebody that's already at a doctoral level of understanding and you just need to refocus and re-energize them into a certain area. That That's a little bit easier to do. But I want my cap people to do their job. I want my... Um, my coaches to do theirs and the scouts to do theirs. And I want to have checks and balances of, I don't want the coach and the scout to be kind of going together. And I don't want coaches reading the scouting reports. I want coaches to do their own scouting report. I want them to bring their ideas, not to just plant and stamp, rubber stamp what somebody else has done. I I don't want that. I, I want them to write a report, and I want them to justify why they've come to that conclusion. So that's what I did. So that's how I wanted to establish, here's your responsibility, here's your role, it's clearly defined. Obviously, the doctors and the trainers are there to give a medical evaluation and an assessment of risk on a player, a cap guy to give that, um, you know, that assessment on contracts and salary cap. But, you know, when it comes time to sign a player, this is the priority and this is the range I want you to do it. Now go negotiate it within this range and the final the final decision can't be agreed upon until I okay it. That's how I did it. And in terms of the discussion, we don't, you know, it's it's not the job of the personnel guy, excuse me, the salary cap guy to talk about personnel, and I don't want him doing that. And and that's part of the problem. You have these guys uh, like a Tannenbaum or um, uh, 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 Howie Roseman, uh, Joe Banner type guys, well, they become these big shot GMs. They don't know whether the football's blown or stuffed. And then you got all these dumb decisions with people that don't know football. The Browns have done that, you know, at nausea. Then you get the guy that just is a football guy, and he doesn't focus enough on character. He's not as thorough. He doesn't pay attention to the cap. And then he's got problems. So you need to be able to – segment it, organize it, bring it together, and then, all right, this decision makes sense because this is what the guy is. How different are these two players? And if the football acumen says that there's not much difference between player A and B, but player B is quite a bit cheaper, well, then obviously go with player B. And so you have to have that. So I think that's really important. But I don't allow non-football people to make be involved in football decisions. So in terms of messaging, yes, what works and doesn't work in terms of messaging, clearly define the role of everybody and do your job. How do you best organize, handle situations when a subordinate has high degrees of competence, credibility, and character and shares the same goal as leadership 100% but has a difference of opinion about the uh, optimal methodology of how to achieve those goals. Well, <clears throat> I'm always 
open to a better way of doing it. One thing that's been important is the use of computers in quote-unquote analytics, which analytics in a general sense is useless. But analytics, when done from a intelligent viewpoint of film breakdown, all it is is taking data based upon good evaluations and allowing that to organize the data in a way that's a lot more clear, a lot more organized. Like, for example, <clears throat> video department, equipment people, people like that work to aid the football people. You don't have to go through all the tape anymore. You can call up, you know, a player in every play that that player's played. You can have it on him. If he's a running back, it could be every time he's blocked, every time he's gone out in a route. You can do that. It's all done for you. All you got to do is assess it and evaluate it. And then when you write the reports, it can be put into the computer so that it's much more organized to where you can see it, discuss it, and have a little bit more clear vision of where it is. So if there's somebody that has a better way to do it, I always encouraged everybody, interns or lower-level folks, to, if we can do it better, then let's run it up the flagpole, let's discuss it, let's poke holes in it, and let's figure out the best way to do it. So I think the best way is to get everybody's involvement and get everybody to first understand what the goals are and what the philosophy is and get them to understand that it's not their job to set the philosophy but to follow it. And as things change and evolve, you change a little bit maybe your philosophical approaches schematically or personnel-wise. Certainly the way we look at safeties today that are more corner-like than used to be a strong safety was the hybrid almost linebacker. Now those guys are really linebackers. And so you change a little bit because the game changes and you have to change with it. And the personnel of which you try to use to attack helps you with it. So I think scheme and personnel fit hand in glove. And if you don't have that clear vision, you don't have that clear idea, and you don't have people that can see it and you can trust to do your job, then you have problems. So it's one of the reasons why Belichick has been so successful is that he clearly defines the roles, and he trains and teaches, and he doesn't want people that's been around a long time doing it their way. You're going to come in, and A, you're going to have to be smart, and you're going to have to learn, and he's going to teach you. And if you do it enough, then you will learn how to do it the way he wants it. And then he'll take that information and he'll utilize it and evaluate it and help with bigger decisions. But if you don't have people that are doing it correctly, then you've got false information that you're basing your decision on. And that happens so much around the league. And so even if you're around greatness, even if you're around a program that's successful. Well, if you're not that guy, just because you've been around success doesn't mean you're as good and as competent as the guy that was there before you that you came from. 
And that sometimes is the flaw in the ointment, the fly in the ointment that prevents you from being successful. So good questions, good thought-provoking question there, Kevin. Folks, um, we're going to be back tomorrow with another edition of the Pro Football Show. Any more questions, send it to me. Check out the draft boards as they begin to come out more and more, position by position, horizontal board. We're going to get more into that and certainly get into – uh, as we go forward, a uh, little bit more of um, draft management, uh, how we go about um, looking at different options for teams. Uh, everybody talks about mock draft, mock draft, mock draft. What you really want to do is get inside of what teams, what they have done to this point in free agency, where they go in the draft, what lo- seems to be fit, what are the options. Those things are going to be really um important and we're going to drill down into a lot of that in the days and weeks now as the draft is still scheduled as we know as of now still a month away so we will uh, certainly keep you up to date on everything a reminder again to check out our great folks at 401k generation they're licensed in all 50 states that can help you with any of your financial planning financial goals financial understandings 1-866-998-5879 is the number to call or text. And uh, remember to check out LandryFootball.com for the best discount we've ever had, the scouting season sale that we have. So check it out today. And make sure that you're checking out our college podcast because that's where you can get a lot of film room nuggets on a lot of these draft prospects. So appreciate you joining us again. Join us again tomorrow. And we'll have more information from around the NFL as we head now into the second week of free agency. It is the second wave, and then certainly draft preparation hits its zenith. We've got it all for you here. We've got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball. Talk to you tomorrow, everybody, and check us out over on the College Football Show. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.